Welcome to Parents Take Five, where we take five minutes of your day to share parenting and family tips that help you grow in faith. Here, we come to you in your car, through your headphones, on the go, while chasing your kiddos or texting your youth, wherever you need a little support in your day. I'm Jen Evans, an ordained pastor and educator with years of experience with children, youth, young adults, parents, family ministries, and I am also your host. If you have questions or ideas, you can find the Facebook group for listeners and follow us on Insta by searching for Parents Take Five. That's F-I-V-E. And check out ParentsTakeFive.com for more church and family resources or to find out how to request a virtual meeting, speaking engagement, and workshop. With that said, I hope you enjoy this moment of sanity and growth catalyst. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel for more tidbits on the fives. Hey y'all, it's Jen. I am so glad to be back with you today. Um, I have heard from some of you the need to have a conversation about domestic abuse. And so today I have a special guest with me, Reverend Jen, no, not me, another <laughs> Reverend Jen, um, who is a survivor of more than two decades of domestic ab abuse. Um, and now she advocates for other victims and survivors. She has an MDiv and an LMSW and an ordained pastor, spiritual director, she has a ministry that focuses on how faith spaces can respond to domestic abuse, um, helping churches and other places. She is really experienced um, when it comes to around uh, trauma and resiliency, recovering. And so she also has this really great website you should check out, hoperisethrive.com. Um, so Jen. Reverend yes. Jen, I am so glad you are with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so I'm just going to dive in because I, I could go ahead and tell our listening audience that this is going to be more than one podcast because this is an important topic. And I want to be mindful of the parents who are trying really hard to fit this podcast into their busy lifestyle mm -hmm. and this deserves um, more conversation, not that other things don't, but if you are in an unsafe situation or you know someone in an unsafe situation, we certainly want to get you help for that. Absolutely. So can we start off um, telling a little bit about who you are? Tell us your story. Sure. Um, this will be kind of the whirlwind version here. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were in full-time service, uh, Christian service. Um, I went to the school that was attached to the church. So I was literally like at church every day, twice on Sunday, Wednesday nights, the whole thing. Um, I originally believed I received my call to ministry in junior high and I start, I served the church in children's ministries and junior high and high school. Um, but then I got sidelined by abuse. You know, I never heard at home or at church or at school anything about healthy relationships, nothing about red flags, nothing about um, toxic behavior. And being naive and unaware, um, I got married right out of high school and um, it was very abusive. I think according to Christian teaching, I did everything right. 
Um, you know, we like wait on the Lord to, um, find someone. We try to be equally yoked, um, using all these churchy terms here, but what happens when that person fools you? What happens when the person is lying? What happens when the person is faking a personality to get you married only to turn out to be someone else on the honeymoon? That happened. And it happens to so many. I know that I'm not alone in this situation. Um, so the next um, 25 years or so, uh, we're filled with domestic violence. I don't always separate this out, but I think it might be important for this podcast here today. I was actually in two abusive marriages. One was right out of high school and ended fairly quickly. It was very physically abusive. There was a, a about a year and a half gap. And then I fell into another abusive marriage that looked very different. So abuse isn't always the same. Sometimes it looks um you know, outwardly very abusive. The person could be um, very physically abusive. And sometimes it's kind of covert. It's not what you'd expect. It's kind of under the surface and hidden. And that's the way it was the second time. Everything that I knew to be careful of from the first marriage was different the second time around. And I was snowed. I was um, just so unaware of how abuse could manifest in other ways that I didn't realize it. So I was made to drop out of college. We were isolated. We moved several times. Um, so we were now like across the country from where I grew up. So I had no family. I had no friends. Um, living in a rural area, being in a rural area is actually a, a danger sign because there's fewer services available to help you should you need that help. We were mostly not even allowed to attend church. Literally, um, the the month I got married that second time, he's like, oh, I don't like that church. They're full of hypocrites. Um, so then we couldn't even attend church anymore. So I just had literally no community. Um, things got progressively worse over time. What started out as kind of um, emotional, verbal, uh, some neglect turned into sexual abuse, physical abuse. Um, mm. Life was very dark and turbulent. I think I lost my ability to hope and dream, certainly lost my ability to smile. I felt so alone. And yet we had several children. Um, and what do you do when um, you already feel like the black sheep? Um, mm -hmm. because you're the first person in your family who was ever divorced. And then um, you know that people are just going to look at you even worse the mm -hmm. second time around. And I had picked up some marriage books that said that, you know, it's the the duty of the wife to make the husband happy. And so I need to stay in the abuse and I need to pray that mm -hmm. he will be healed and that mentality of stay, pray, submit, that almost got me killed. So mm. by the time we're about 25 years in the future, I was receiving daily death threats. He had the means to kill me. We had a, he had a huge safe full of guns that surprised even the judge and the attorney on my case in the end. Um, and he had a volatile personality that was just kind of going off the rails by that point. And I realized that if he killed me, my children would be alone with him and it would be his voice, his words against theirs. We were so isolated that no one knew what we lived with. Not my parents, not my brother, not the couple of friends that we were allowed to have. Um, so I kind of woke up to the fact that my kids are going to be alone with a person who was going to continue to harm them. If I am not there to shield them from the abuse, if I can't try to protect them in the ways that I have been, if I was dead, it wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna be good for them. 
And so that's kind of um, what really woke me up to the fact that I have to make some changes. This is not just uncomfortable or confusing. This is literally unsafe for me and the children. Mm. And a situation happened where I had to call 911 and that was my escape. Oh, thank you for escaping that you are here and safe and able to talk with us and your children safe. Yes. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that, that you are now able to turn that into a ministry, unfortunately, that you had to go through that to even get to this. Um, but what a witness to be able to share with all of us. Um, let me just ask you, sure. if you, if there's someone listening today to this story, because over the next few podcasts, we're going to, we're going to really dive in to, um, uh, into abuse, um, and, and how to get some help. So, but for today, if there's someone listening, um, who believes themselves to be in an abusive relationship, or, um, if you're a friend of someone who you believe might be in an abusive relationship, what would you say? What, what do we need to do? I think one of the first things to prioritize is safety. Um, we, whether it is you in an unsafe relationship or, or someone you love that's in an unsafe relationship, um, safety has to be prioritized. We want to make sure that that person is safe, but we can't make that decision for them. The, the person in the relationship is the expert on that situation. And there may be a reason why it's unsafe to leave in that particular moment. But if we can provide the resources and the support to the person and let them know when they're ready to leave, we are ready to be there to help and support them. I think that's super important. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Jen. And um, again, we will be back to unpack all of this. Thank you for your story and your willingness to share that. Um, It's incredibly brave of you to relive that over and over and over as you share that. Um, So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I hope that you've enjoyed having a few minutes to help you recenter, refocus, and reflect on family and faith. As you think of questions or ideas that you'd like for me to explore on the podcast, check out Instagram and the Facebook group to reach me. I hope that you'll take five with us again.